And we've got Pet Chat, our vet, Dr Emily, joining us today. We'll have a talk to her in just a moment and we'll be taking your calls on 49216216 at 2 in your RFM. Our girl is here today, our vet, <laughs> Emily. And good afternoon to you. How are you, Emily? I'm well, thanks, Dave. How are you going? Oh, it's great to have you back in here. We'll be taking calls. If someone would like to call through 49216216, there's a spare line waiting there right now. You'll get through to have a chat to us. Now, our topic for today, what have you got in mind? Today, I'd like to talk about chickens and how we can maintain them in a, in a, in a good fashion in our backyard so that we don't uh, keep our neighbours awake and that our chickens stay healthy and, and live a long and happy life. It's a good topic too, chickens, the change of the season at the moment. We should see where we're at with them and what we should be preparing with the change yes, of season. Yes, certainly. With the change of season, we should also, um, always be considering what worming medications we're using and, and preventative medications so that we don't get any illnesses in our flock so every three months is a good time to do it so we always do it at the change of seasons well let's talk about that that's our topic today chickens if you'd like to be part of it or something wrong with your animal you need to give us a call 49216216 we'd like to get you involved in pet chat we're here right through until one o'clock as we're doing right now we're going to Cessnock and saying good afternoon helen how are you oh hello hi helen how are you going oh good thank you um i just wondered when i get my dog vaccinated he gets a lump on the back of his neck at the site. Yep. Can this be avoided or shouldn't it happen? Should it not happen? How long does the lump stay there for? Oh, over a week. Okay. So that's quite a normal kind of um, reaction after a vaccine. So what happens is we deposit um, a small amount of the vaccine under the skin and the body can just wall it off a little bit whilst it dissolves into the surrounding tissue. So if it lasts for a, a long period of time, then I would be more concerned. But if it's only there for a week and if he's not painful or having discomfort in that region, um, then it's a quite a normal thing to see. If he had any other um, weird reactions like vomiting or diarrhea or if he was really lethargic, then it would be a vaccine reaction and then we would look at steps at what we can do before we do vaccinate him again next time to avoid that from happening. Oh, okay, but just for the lump itself, there's nothing you can do about it? Apart from just changing the site where we do the vaccination, um, there's not a lot that you can do to dissipate that mass You know, within oh, okay. the week period. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your information. That's okay. Hope it helps. Thank you for your call, Helen. And that is 49216216, the phone number if you'd like to give us a call. Just as Helen's done, you can get on the radio for Pet Chat and we'll help you out with a solution to the problem about your pet. We'll do it right through until 1 o'clock today. 49216216 for Pet Chat. Now, our topic today is chickens. Tell us a little bit about chickens. What should we be doing at this time of the year, Emily? Well, I guess I wanted to talk today, if, if you haven't started your own chicken flock yet, but it's something that you're really interested in doing because, you know, you want a, a good source of eggs in the backyard and or a bit of added entertainment for the family. Yeah. Um, so I guess before you even start, you know, thinking about getting some chickens, the first things you really need to do is contact your local council and just make sure that you're in a zoning area where you're allowed to have um, chickens. Um, and then think about what type of setup you want to do. So you want to have an area where they're going to be protected from predators, so foxes and, and dogs. Um, and feral cats can also have a go at your chickens too. So just make sure that you've got a nice fenced-in region. But you also want it so that they've got uh, good air supply, that they've got shelter and protection from, from rain and, and the elements as we get into the colder months in the year. Is there a set number of chickens that people can have or it's suggested to have for a household? Um, so it's normally... 
regulated by councils. Um, but the thing that's really important is that we don't overcrowd our chickens because when they're overcrowded, they can become um, quite aggressive towards each other and we can um, get situations where they start picking at feathers in other chickens and, and can cannibalism can happen as well. So um, generally for a general size backyard, three or four would probably be your maximum. Yeah. Right, now you'll love this one. I've been workshopping this already. <laughs> is there a pecking order amongst our chickens? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> you like that? Hey? It was very good. Thanks, Dave. Been doing my homework. <laughs> yeah, you will. Um, if you have a rooster in your flock, he'll also he'll always sit at the top. Um, but then you do you have your your top hens, and they will certainly cause havoc for your for your ones at the lower order. <laughs> it made you laugh. I like that much. That's good. Yeah. Okay, so we've got our chickens. They're all organised. What preparations do we need for the chicken coop or whatever they live in? What you call it? So. Um, Chickens can fly and they can jump. So you want a nice high fence to protect them in and you want to make sure that there's nothing they can dig underneath. So using a stout wire and make sure it goes about a metre under the ground so that other animals won't be able to dig in and and get your chickens um, when they're resting. You want to make sure you have perches and plenty of perches for the number of birds that you do have. And with the litter, um, you want it to be um, a litter that's going to absorb moisture um, you don't want it to be um, too dusty, though. So, you know, things like peanut shells um, and pine shavings are a really good um, option. And you want to make sure that you're changing your litter frequently, so every two to four weeks. So if you have, for example, five chickens, mm-hmm. do you need to have a, a settling area for the five of them, five yeah, individual areas? Yeah. Them? So like you their can own have, little beds, so to speak? Yeah, so you can have five nesting boxes um, or you can have your wooden perches, but you probably need about two rows for your chickens so that they can establish their hierarchy and they can each get their own space to, to will roost. Will they stick to their own area or will they invade another one's area? Uh, generally, they stick to their own area. When you first get your chickens, they're probably still sorting out who's top, um, so you will have a bit of rustling of feathers and things, and they may share areas, but most of the time they'll settle into their own space. Okay, and a nice area where you'll be able to capture the the eggs once they start... uh, Yeah, so... Putting nesting boxes in is a really good idea and, and most chickens will want a nice, quiet, dark area to lay their eggs um, and then that will allow them to, to lay their eggs and then you can you can catch them up when, when they're out having a peck in the backyard. <laughs> okay. We'll talk more in a moment. We'll come back and talk. I'd like to talk about feed and what we can do yeah, in that definitely. area. But let's continue on with calls right now. They are your calls, 49216216. We invite them to talk to our vet, Emily, and we're going to East Maitland saying, Hello, Con, how are you doing? Good, how are you going? Hi, Con, how are you going? Good, thank you. I've got some chooks at home, and I've had them for several years now. Um, I live out in Broke, actually, and I'm in Maitland right now. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but um, the, uh, the problem that I have is some of them actually lose their feathers quite a bit, mm-hmm. and, um, and they struggle to get them back. Yeah. And, and one of them actually has its lower back seems to be as if, um, it has a problem. It walks with its lower back very low to the ground. Okay. So, um, have you noticed that your your chickens seem to be itchy? Do they scratch a lot, or? No, I don't notice that. No. Because one of the the causes of of feather loss can be things like mites and lice. So, yeah. doing um, a three monthly spray with a mite lice spray can help. Um, the other thing that chickens do is they go through a molt and when they're molting they lose their feathers and new feathers grow out again. Now if they've got any additional stresses in their life or if their diet's not quite right, 
they can have problems with their molt and as a, as a result they don't grow back nice healthy feathers where they've lost other feathers. Um, so making sure they're on a good diet and um, have got plenty of, of good nutrients in their diet is, is a good way to make sure that they have a good molt but also making sure they're protected from um, additional stresses so making sure they have plenty of shelter that you're not overstocking with your chickens um, and that they're not exposed to any predators is a good way of reducing stress. Um, Having them together with geese, does that stress them out of it? Yeah, it does. And the other thing that they can happen is they can share parasites as well. So um, we do find that when we mix our our poultry, um, Mm. we get you know, one shedding worms and, and other parasites in their feces and it contaminates the other species which can be very susceptible and it can make them quite sick. So sometimes separating our species is a good way of, of eliminating those disease problems. Okay, okay. Yeah. Good on you, All Con. Right. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. cheers. Bye-bye. Let's go to Mount Hutton right now. I think it's Lupia. How do you say that? Is Lupia? Yeah, it is Lupia. Hey, nice to have you there. You've got Emily listening to you now. Yes, hi, Dr. Emily. Um... Got a question. I've uh, got a vegetable garden, and uh, some stray cat has been pulling in my garden. Yep. I just wonder if there's any repellent that I can use to scare away the cat, and um, how. Uh, what's the effect of uh, the uh, cat pull on human health? Yeah. So. Um I'll just answer your your last question first. Um, So cats can carry parasites and they can be um, excreted in their feces and they can um, contaminate the food that we're eating. Um, One of the the major concerns I would have would be a parasite called toxoplasma. Um, Cats are the host of that parasite and they excrete the eggs in their feces, which can get into things like our lettuces and and our green vegetables. So if you're not washing your vegetables appropriately before you eat them, you are at a risk of contamination. So the first thing I would be doing was making sure you do give your veggies a good wash before you do use them. Um, In terms of of getting rid of your cat, the stray cat, I mean, what I would be recommending, if it is truly a stray, would be trying to catch it and then taking it into your local vet or council so that we can actually find out if it does have an owner and relocate it. If that's going to prove to be quite difficult for you, there are um, sprays that you can pick up from from pet shops and pet barns that actually deter cats. And I think they're a citronella base, so they'd be safe to use around a a food area. So you might want to try and give that a go as well. Thank you very much. No worries. You're most welcome. Thank you for your call. Just like Lapia, you could call through on 49216216. It's our phone number right through until mid- or 1 o'clock today, 49216216 for Pet Chat. I've been in the laboratory. I'm working on a new uh, chemical in that area. I'm calling it Scat Cat. Do you like that? <laughs> it's good. Scat. Yeah, not much support there from you on that. Thank you. Back to the workshop for me. Dr. Emily is here taking your calls on 49216216. As we say, hello, Wayne. How are you doing today? Well, mate. Very zorny talk. Doing all right. Emily's here to listen to you. Yeah, right. And it's not about my lizards this time. Okay. What have you got to talk to us about today, Wayne? My, my friend has got a chicken coop. Yeah. But no matter what he seems to do with it, he can't keep the foxes away from it. How do you keep foxes away from a chicken coop? Um, so what area is he in? Is he in a rural area? Yeah, he's in Tamworth. Okay. And what type of fencing does he use in his coop? Well... He puts fencing even underneath the ground yep. so that the foxes can't get in, but they always find, seem to find a way to get in, you reckon? 
Yeah, so what what he needs to do is he needs to make sure that he's got um, a good secure fence around the coop, um, not just um, stout wiring in the coop itself, and make sure that the top is covered as well because foxes will jump into into an area if, if there's no um, overhead coverage. Um, and the other thing he could, you know, if he really wants to get serious about taking care of his chickens, um, you know, using using guard dogs. So marimers are a breed that are designed to protect chickens, so um, they can protect against other predators, so that might be something if he's serious about his chickens that looking into. Oh, well, he's dead fish, because, like, he uses all the fertilizers on his garden, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you're not going to have 15 chickens or whatever he's got if you're not serious about He reckons the foxes are getting paid commission from KFC. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he reckons, but and no matter what he seems to do, they find a way into his chicken coop. Like, his chicken coop is about. Maybe the size of a uh, single garage. Yeah, yeah. So it's quite decent. But, yeah, right. But I mean, they always, from what he tells me, they always seem to find a way to get in and he's got to do a head count on his chickens every day. Yeah. Cunning as a fox. Yeah, That's very much say. so. Oh, well, good luck with that one, Wayne. We hope that helps him out. And we continue with Pet Chat 49216216. We're going to Abba Glassland. Hello, Joe. Hello. I'm asking about my budgerigar. Perfect. We love budgerigards. Right, the story is that I had a little budgie. He was an Australian breed, I think, and he was a cinnamon wing. Yep. Pale yellow and a beautiful soft green and white mm-hmm. with a little bit of cream. And um, he used to talk about it. He flew in on me when he was a baby, being chased by a butcher bird. I couldn't find an owner, mm-hmm. so I kept him. Yep. And by the time he was about nine months old, I think, he was starting to talk, and he talked, and he was a champion talker, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of words. Yeah, yeah. Um, he unfortunately got out because I didn't cut his wing. Yeah. When he was about three. Yeah. And um, I got another budgie from a breeder. Uh, he was a big British breed. Yeah. A grey-green cinnamon normal split lace wing. hmm And when he was about eight or nine months old, he started to talk up a storm. Yep. Um, he died at 19 months from the result of an accident. Oh, no. And then I've got another one, and I've got him now, and he's a big cross British breed uh, Australian budgie, but yep. not the wild budgie, and yep. he's a dominant blue, pied, sky blue normal. Yeah. Uh, he's very healthy. Yep. And he's now 12 months old, and he doesn't talk. And he's definitely a male. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's got a blue, bright blue band across his nose and... You know, and the breeder has identified him as a male. He's definitely a male. Yeah. I know he can talk because a few months ago I heard him say, good boy, come here. <laughs> and I've heard him say, pretty boy. And yeah. And I've heard him say, Harry. Yeah. But he just doesn't. He's just not as prolific. So, he um, doesn't talk at all. Yeah, I mean, it can be an individual thing. But the other thing that we do find with birds, if they're feeling anything like abdominal pain or discomfort, they vocalise less. So the first thing that I'd be doing would be taking him to an avian vet just to make sure he doesn't have anything underlying that we can't detect yet that he's not showing signs for because certainly if, if they're not vocalising as much as what we expect them to do, there could be some underlying problems. So even though on the outside he looks well and healthy, I think it would be a good idea to get him checked out. Now, if um, he checks out all perfectly and normal, he may just be one of those birds that doesn't vocalise vocalise very much and you can get birds like that um, and the other thing he might be a late developer or a late bloomer so he birds as they get older tend to vocalize a bit more so um, maybe with time he might just um, pick up some more words and be a bit bit more vocal for you but get him checked out just in case it's pet chat just like joe did you could give us a call right now 49216216 we're off to singleton hello margaret hello 
are you? We're well, thanks, Margaret. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I'm just wondering, I have a question. Um, I have a Rotty. Yep. She's about four, and I've had dogs like all my life, but she continually eats ants. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and I've never ever seen any of our dogs ever do this before. She hunts them out under pavers, in the grass. She All day she's just grazing on and off on these ants. And I was just wondering why and what would be the reason. Is it all right for her to do that? Because I've never seen it before. Yeah, it's it's not something that you commonly see them eating oh. ants. But a lot of um, dogs, you know, dig in the backyard for things like cicadas and, and, you know, they chase crickets and things like that. And it's just a way of them expressing their normal type of hunting type of behavior um so ways of discouraging her to do that is by trying to stimulate her mind in in doing other activities so you can get chew toys and things like kongs which are which are good for them to distract them um but the other thing is just making sure she gets out gets plenty of exercise um in terms of her health eating ants probably aren't going isn't going to you know upset her health too much unless they're treated with pesticides so i would avoid using any of the the pesticides well, we haven't, and we've got an outdoor area like in these paters. Yeah. Just continually. Yeah. You know, the paters all day, um, you know, and then she'll go out and sit on the grass and come back in. But it's just that, like in all the dogs I've ever had, I've never, ever seen a dog do this before. And I was just wondering. So she does get played with. You yeah. Know, but um, even if she's sitting out on a bed out the back, you know, she's just continually looking, jumping for them. Still distracted but, by them. Mm, yeah. But they won't hurt her, and it's just that's her way of, that's a Labrador's way of... Yeah, filling in the time. <laughs> oh, right. Um, the other thing is the only time that they might hurt her is if she gets bitten. So if they, if she has a reaction to one of their bites. So just keep an eye on her face and her paws and anything like that. But, um, yeah, eating them, I mean, she's a, she'll be a big girl, so eating a small ant won't cause too much of an issue for her. It's Pet Chat today. Thank you, Margaret. 49216216. There's a free line waiting there for you right now if you'd like to call through and talk to our vet, Dr. Emily. Talking about chickens today, what about chicken feed? How do we go about the and, and different variety that we have to give our chickens? Yeah, so depending on what breed you have depends on how much you do need to feed them. So your media type of birds, like your broilers, they require a higher protein and, and more food in general, whereas your layer, your layer hens and your more exotic breeds of hens, they probably require less food food. Um, the most important thing when feeding you know, any of our animals is to make sure that they have variety. So what you want to do with chickens is, is use a good quality commercial pellet and grain mix and you can use them for different stages of their life. So whether they're a young chick that's growing, um, whether they're a pullet, which is like a juvenile bird or a grower or a layer. Um, so making sure you've got the right stage of life for them in their feed is great and using that for about 70% of their diet is a good idea and um, you can supplement that with you know table scraps so they're they're good composters our chooks so just making sure that they have um, plenty of variety of of veggies and and table scraps and then you know things like the grass they love to peck at grass so Mm -hmm. making sure they get out in the backyard and have a walk around and have a chew of the the natural environment is good for them as well is there anything we should be giving them that will help with our eggs yeah so making sure they have plenty of calcium so 
Birds require calcium to put the shell around the egg, which is a predominant calcium-based product. Now, if there's not enough calcium in their in their diet, they'll start getting the calcium from their bones. And as a result, their bones get really brittle and weak and they can get fractures very easily. So we need to make sure we're supplementing their diet with calcium. So you can either use a calcium powder, a calcium supplement in their water, or providing things like shell grit, um, you know, cuttlefish, even eggshells are a good source of calcium for our, for our birds. Now, with our hens, when they're laying, what's the lifespan? How long can you expect they'll be laying and delivering nice quality eggs for you before it's retirement time for them? Yeah, so in the commercial system, they will only use laying hens for, for at most two or three years. Um, but that's because they're in quite intensive conditions and they're expected to lay, you know, an egg a day for, for most of the year. Um, in your backyard, there is definitely a season in which the, the birds are laying eggs and that will generally be within the, the spring summer months and then during winter and autumn they'll go through a molt which is when they won't lay eggs now because they're having that break they do have a longer laying period and depending on what breed you get um, some breeds like bantams they're really prolific layers and they'll lay for you know five six seven years um, other breeds your Rhode Islands might be a bit less and they might lay for about five years which is still an adequate amount of time to get plenty of eggs from them I think it's not a bad line Span. That's very good. Let's continue with calls. It is Pet Chat 49216216. Hello, Paul. How's your day going? Doing great. Fabulous. Thank you, David. Hi, Paul. How are you going? Very well, thank you, Emily. Love your show, but I'm not really impressed with the elevator music while we're on hold, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll get Dave yeah. to fix that for you. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. My, uh, we've just bought an investment house up at Nambucca, which is three and a half hours north. Yep. We've got an elderly, uh, like an elderly people beside us. Mm-hmm. They've just uh, acquired a second dog, which is a bit of a bit, so it's got a bit of cattle dog and a few other varieties in it. Yeah. Now, it's only young. I'm assuming it's only young, but mm. every time we go out our back door, we've got a four-foot-high open cyclone fence. Yeah. The dog wants to attack us. Oh, that's and not good. No. So, and I spoke to the neighbour, and he said, oh, we just have to put up with it which I think is a pretty lame excuse. Yeah. Now, what what can I offer him as a like a bark thing, like a bark repellent or a bark stopper to stop this thing trying to attack us? Um, well, when we think about how do we control aggression in dogs, the first thing we need to do is recognise the underlying cause. So he could be a fear attacker. Um, he could be, you know, attacking you out of excitement. So I guess in in the long term, the thing that we really need to be doing is getting your neighbour to address the behavioural issues that your dog has. Now, it's hard because it's not your dog and it's their dog and you can't take those steps for them. Um, but that's definitely what we would be recommending is to get a behaviourist to come out and to try and get that aggression under control. In the short term, you know, things that your neighbour could be doing would be um, going to the veterinarian and seeking medications which help with things like anxiety and, and fear and aggression. Um, but there are other products. Um, citronella collars are one of them which help with barking. Um, so citronella is a, is a sp- is a, a smell that dogs hate and what these collars are is they've got a little aerosol on them so whenever the dog does bark it actually releases citronella into the into the air and hence it, it's like a negative effect on them so every time they bark they get a stimulus they don't like so that can work but it's only going to work if we address those underlying issues in the long term there you go. This is Pet Chat 49216216. If you'd like to call through, we'd love to have your input right through until 1 o'clock today. You'll be able to talk to our vet, Dr. Emily, 49216216. Now, just to finish up today, any last-minute things you'd like to mention about our topic today, which is chickens? 
Um, I guess just the, the one thing we'll end with is just general health care. So um, chickens are, you know, they're prone to getting, you know, parasites because they're outside. So lice, worms, but the other, they can also contract viruses as well. So when you're purchasing a chicken, um, seeing if it's got a vaccination history is really important. There's not a lot of vaccines that we can do for our adult chickens. Most of them are done when they're day old. Um, so just be, you know, in communication with your breeder to see what they've had done. Um, and just making sure that we're up to date with our treatment. So making sure that they receive a good wormer like worm out gel, um, giving that every three months and a mite and lice spray every three months is really important as well. Okay. Great topic. Thank you for that. You're back in a month's time. Back in four weeks. <laughs> uh, we look forward to it. We love it when our vet, Dr. Emily, is with us. And we're back again next week with Pet Chat from midday to one o'clock here at 2NURFM.